There are a lot of movies out there. More and more are coming every single day. So each week, I see what I can dredge up from the depths and share it with you, be it treasure or trash. So join me for this week's episode of The Bloodstream. Streamers, this is episode 31 of the Bloodstream. I am your host, Jason Gray, and this week I am going to be taking a look at the Devil's Candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. And as I'm sure some of you noticed last week, I was sounding a bit like crap. I don't really know why, I don't know what I did differently, but I've hopefully fixed it for this week and going forward. So the Devil's Candy Ooh, a piece of candy. is probably a movie you've heard a bit about by this point. I know I sure heard a lot about it because everyone was talking about this movie last year. I absolutely could not escape hearing about The Devil's Candy. Ooh, a piece of candy! And eventually this all culminated in listening to the ABCs of Hidden Horror and their Best of 2017 episode where everyone was pretty much praising this movie. Which wasn't anything new, but this movie had been on my list, I'd been hearing about it all year, and just having three more people adding fuel to the fire all in rapid succession giving their praise for this movie pushed me over the edge. And while watching this, I decided, hey, it's time to talk about something good again on the bloodstream. I gotta do that every few weeks, or the bad quality really starts to get to me. So I said enough was enough, sat down to watch the movie, and what's it about? A struggling painter is possessed by satanic forces after he and his young family move into their dream home in rural Texas, in this creepy haunted house tale. Eh, that's not entirely accurate, I wouldn't call it a haunted house tale. That's also really brief, and since I have nothing else to add, this is a good time to throw in the trailer. I'll be right back. We've come to the place where we joke about the idea of the devil. But that is Satan's lie. To distract us from the reality of who he is. Hear what's going on? It's like it flowed through me. I don't remember painting this. This is mommy and daddy's house. They're dead. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I need to come home now. We are his pawns. We are his demons on earth. He uses us to carry out his unspeakable deeds. satiate his hunger. Your whole latest work is wonderfully disturbing. Oh my god. I didn't mean to do this. To sacrifice. He will slither into your soul. He has no mask in a Halloween store. He's not what you see in the movies. He is an active, violent, personal reality. Ah! 
Just the gas? He's right. You are the sweetest candy of them all. The Devil's Candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Does at least take place in a house where, yes, tragic things have happened. That tragedy centers around Ray, a troubled man with a history of violence and mental illness, now living with his parents as he tries to transition back into normal society. That's not going so well as he cranks up his heavy metal music to try and drown out the demonic voices he says he's hearing. At 2 o'clock in the morning. Ray's mom tries to get him to turn that racket down, he tries to explain why he's turning it up so loud to keep the voices in his head quiet, and she threatens to send him back to the institution. So he ends up bashing her head in with a guitar. And already I am loving how the music weaves in and out naturally as music both in the story and the movie's soundtrack. It's so well done and just flows naturally from one to the other. But that's just a bit of tease for things to come, and the real meat of the story starts as we meet another family, which is a married couple played by Ethan Embry, who looks like he is auditioning for the role of Jesus, and Shiri Appleby as his wife. Jesse the dad is a bit of a metalhead, as is their daughter Zoe. He's also an artist and painter, and he's currently working on this kind of light and fluffy butterfly mural for a bank trying to pay the bills. The family's looking to buy a house and, oh look, it's Ray's home. At least this time, the realtor does disclose all the death that has happened in this house in the first clip. Ooh, a piece of candy. Okay, by law I have to fess up to any death in the house. And in this case, there were two. Um, sweetie, I had left my bag in the car and it's got some documents I need. If you want me to leave. Just ask. Okay. And now you can't sell it, which is why the price is so low. Next showing's at 11. Got them lined up all day. Folks love a bargain. After all, what are we talking about here? A sweet little old lady who accidentally fell down the stairs and her dear old hubby who couldn't stand to live without her. Sad, indeed. But... It's not like Charlie Manson lived here. As the family moves in, Ray's still lurking around because he hasn't been caught for his parents' murder, and he's basically just staying at whatever motel he can come across, and doing his best to keep the voices at bay with loud music. Meanwhile, the family is doing their best to adjust their new house, their new lives, their new everything, especially Zoe at a new school, and Jesse begins to hear the satanic growl himself. This somehow inspires him, and he heads to the studio to work on his art, and he gets so consumed by it, he loses all track of time. Doing so, he keeps neglecting his family, especially Zoe, who he forgets to pick up from school. This whole plotline builds and builds as strife grows between everyone in the family. Astrid drags Jesse out of the barn and away from his painting and back to his family, but meanwhile, Zoe answers the doorbell, finds Ray outside, so hey, the plotlines are actually converging in the next clip. Ooh, a piece of candy. Hi. There's someone here and it's not the pizza man. Hi. <laughs> I've got one just like that. A flying bee. You got a red flying bee. 
I want a Gibson Flying V like Kirk Hammett from Metallica uses. He is my favorite guitar hero. I mean, I asked mom and dad to come for my birthday, but you know, Gibsons are really expensive, so getting an all cheaper tour. Excuse me. Can I help you? Mm. I need to come home now. This is mommy and daddy's house. They're dead. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry about what happened with your parents. But you, you don't live here anymore, okay? It's, it's time for you to leave. <laughs> they won't let me play it loud. I need to play it loud. You need to leave now. You need to leave before I call the police. All right, that's it. I'm calling the police. I'm calling them right now. treat everyone like the way you want to be treated. You didn't do that. The movie is doing a wonderful, wonderful job of cutting back and forth between the two men as they're being driven by this voice. It could really come off as a long slog of a montage, but cutting between the two as their fervor increases and contrasting the horrific acts that Ray is doing with the more mundane painting work that Jesse is doing works surprisingly well, and it's all tied together with the metal music. But things start to take a dark turn as the voice tells Ray that it wants him to kill Zoe, so the movie becomes very focused on protecting her from Ray's attentions. Which is not easy when she wakes up one night to find him laying in bed with her. He eventually does capture her, and tiny spoiler, I really appreciate that Zoe is proactive and actually saves herself getting out of the tape and escaping out the window. This, of course, frustrates the voice, and thus Ray, to no end. Zoe makes her way to the cops, and her parents eventually show up, and the police give us quite a bit of backstory on exactly what Ray did, why he was in the institution, in the last clip. Ooh, a piece of candy. Look, um, I know it doesn't seem like it right now, but she's actually very lucky. When he was 12, he did the same thing to a nine-year-old girl. Hit her over the head with a rock, and then he tried to bury her. Case went to juvenile court, and he ended up in state psychiatric for 20 years. Does it say in there why he did it? I have to feed him children, because children are his candy. He goes on to clarify who he is. None other than Satan himself. Thanks for your patience. How's she doing? Like I was telling Jesse here, I think the best course of action is to put you into witness protection. And how long does witness protection last? As long as it takes to find him. So they head back to the house and start getting ready to go into protective custody. 
A couple of cops are there keeping an eye on things, but Ray literally crashes the party, kills the cops, and starts going after the family. He grabs Zoe, heads upstairs, and this all just builds and builds to a confrontation between Ray and Jesse in a final scene that is just a sheer cacophony of screaming and metal music and fire. It is glorious. The Devil's Candy, ooh, piece of candy, is a wonderful, wonderful movie, and it absolutely deserves all of that praise it was getting last year. First of all, the acting in this is top-notch, as should be no surprise as this is a larger studio production. This is not some indie movie with no-name actors. I've been a fan of Ethan Embry and Pruitt Taylor Vance for a long, long time for each of them, and seeing them in this was a real treat. Ethan does a great job of playing the father role. He really sells that distraction an artist can get into when they're deep into a project, even without the satanic voices, and equally selling the loving father and determination he has to get his artwork sold. And Vince, he just brings this really great presence to the movie. And yeah, he's threatening, and okay, technically he's the bad guy, but he's also a victim, he's being used by this voice, and and the emotion and character he brings to Ray, that reluctance of doing this, the sorrow he has, it really makes you feel for and empathize with this guy who is doing things he does not want to do, but he has no choice. It has some truly horrific stuff with what Ray does to the kids, and it balances that with the struggles of the family that make them more than relatable. Jesse's a good dad, but you kind of get that impression that even before the voice started talking to him, he would get uber-focused on a project and not always have time to pay attention to his kid, which leads to a great arc between Jesse and Zoe that culminates perfectly at the end of the movie. Now, I gotta talk a little bit more about the music. I'm not a metalhead, not in the slightest. I don't know much of anything about anything when it comes to heavy metal music, but in this movie, it works so well. As I said, it's used both as music in the movie with people playing it, and then it dovetails into the movie's soundtrack. And the way they weave together, just, it really works so well. Also, using heavy metal music to fight off the voice of the devil is a really great twist on normal expectations. And bonus, this movie actually has a positive, happy ending which is so not what you expect from horror movies these days. I love a good dark downer ending, but getting a happy ending and an actual conclusion in a horror movie is so refreshing. So yeah, go ahead and add my voice to all the others, saying this is one of the best movies of last year. As I'm sure you noticed, I didn't do the full beat-by-beat -beat rundown of this movie. I really breezed through it really quickly. I didn't get too much into spoilers, although kinda just did with happy ending. I left out a lot of the details, a lot of the stuff that goes on in the middle and stuff, and a lot of the nuance of this movie. Because this is a movie absolutely worth seeing, and I just wanted to touch upon it, give you my quick thoughts on it, and tell you to go check it out. And that was episode 30 of The Bloodstream. If you've enjoyed listening to me praise a movie for 30 minutes, well, that's not what I normally do around here. Typically, I end up yelling about a movie for 30 minutes. If you'd like to see what a regular show is like, Find us over on Apple Music. Just search for The Bloodstream. We're the podcast that's not about medicine. While you're there, please take a moment to like, rate, and review the show. It's a big help and much appreciated. You can also always find us at our home base, 
triskadecafiles.com slash thebloodstream. There's also a Facebook group you can join to keep up to date with what's going on with the show. We also have a Tumblr page at thebloodstream.tumblr.com. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, or just have a movie you'd like me to check out, you can leave me a comment at any of those places, or send me an email directly at phoenix, F-O-E-N-I-X, at gmail.com. That's phoenix with an F. So thanks for listening to this episode, and I'd like to leave you with these words of wisdom. Always play that heavy metal music loud. Take care, and keep streaming.
piece of candy. <laughs>